illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down and eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right back. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simon on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the candidate for U.S. Congress and Oregon's District 1, The Beach. How you doing, Beach? Doing good, Billy. Thanks for that awesome intro. There you go. Well, after you uh, dominated my evening tonight, I figured, you know, what the heck? We'll just give him a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of destroyed a lot of your life here this summer. <laughs> so, yeah, in, ca- in case you're wondering what we did, we ended up uh, meeting out in Hillsboro, repairing one of our signs that... Uh, Evidently, even as expertly constructed as it was by you and I on the on the fly, still could not handle evidently a small wind gust. So, I think I think it was a wind shear. I think that's I'm what it put was. A wind shear, damn it. Anyway, added a few extra two by fours, and uh, she's holding up good now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least, we can, God, I'm hoping. I just I just need them to last about 45 days. That's all I need. Well, we'll find out this weekend with this, some storms coming through. Are there supposed to be? Supposedly. Oh, golly. I'm going to have to drive down to Mac and check on that one. (laughs) All right. right. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun every week. All right, Beach, I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone and Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow me at at Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter. Also, check out the Facebook page. Just check out um, Heinrich Tailgater. If you want to send us an email, uh, we are at, uh, you can email us, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. And Beach. I, I would like to, to make one comment that while that is your Twitter account, occasionally I tweet out on there when I post something on Facebook. True, because true, it's connected to the Heinrich Tailgater Facebook page, 
So if you post something, yes, it goes out under my Twitter handle. Exactly. So when something seems a little inappropriate or a little bit off color, usually that's coming from me. Yeah, usually. I usually say it. I don't post it. You know, I should be called the color man in this. There you, there you go. I, I really do bring the color. You are. I see. I'm the play-by-play guy. You're the color man. Yep, totally. Yeah. All right, All Beach. Right. We actually have some listener feedback tonight. Seriously. The listener Dano from Texas wrote us, and he said. We have listeners all the way in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Texas and Utah. We know we should put up a map and put little pinpoints. We should have people message us in. I'm listening from here. I'm listening from there. That'd be really cool. There you go. So there you go. Email us. Let us know where you're emailing from or where you're uh, listening to us at. So the listener Dano says, not sure exactly who wore it first, but the first two years were ugly ones in the Mile High City. We were reminded of the brown, yellow, white jerseys during the celebration of the AFL's 50-year anniversary in 2010. He was trying to remember now because this is Dano is a is a Denver fan and you were asking about the Broncos. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The colors. Yeah. So this is his email about that. He goes on. Denver went to orange in 1962 and thankfully haven't looked back. A friend of mine's kid is playfully referred to him as the Girlsy State Broncos as his wife is originally from Idaho has lots of Vandal alum on her side of the family, and hates all things Boise State. Still working on, the get, or working on getting that kid to cheer for Broncos on Sundays. So in other words, cheering for his Denver Broncos. Gotcha. Now, Dano continues, After four weeks, it's clear that Bill has a much better taste in music and would love to hear DC Sound Attack by Clutch in the rotation. Hope you are well and, good, and go Beavs from Austin. So da- uh, first of all, Dano. Okay, okay. Dano, I'd like, to, I'd like to at least say, you know, I tried to bring a little bit of variation than our norm, but I'm going to bring it next week, okay? I'm just going to bring it. Well, and that being said, the songs that Beach has, I have those. So it's not like they're not songs that I don't already have. Yeah. We're just uh, – I- I'm going for things that I think fit well with the podcast, fit well with football season. You see, I'm trying to find something that, that has a for, – for a broad variety. You can't please everybody. Yeah. But – you can at least try to please a few. And I, I mean, damn it. Who doesn't love vanilla ice? I don't think you vanilla know, I, ice loves vanilla ice. Well, that's true. But I always wanted as a kid, I always wanted to get those little slices down the side of my haircut. I always thought that would have been cool. And cut up your eyebrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's good to have goals, I, beach. Dude, I should still do that. I'm going to go in with a cut up eyebrow tomorrow. You should do that for a debate. If you've got any debates. Coming there you up. go. Who does he think he is? Vanilla Ice. And then I'll break out in song. <laughs> there you go. All righty, Beach. Be my, well, backup dancer, Billy, if I, if I, you know, if I, if I have to say stop. Yeah, no. No, he won't be no. there behind, got my back. No. All right, Beach. Stop. Let's do some. You're the happiest media manager ever. <laughs> let's do some. Yeah, dancing isn't in my uh, job description. First up, Beach, let's talk about some Beaver sports news. First up, women's volleyball. Freaking love women's volleyball, Billy. It's my favorite sport, especially if they ever add beach. Then it'll be my ultimate favorite sport. Uh, you know, Oregon does play beach ball, volleyball. Or, only Oregon? Uh, well, no, like Arizona State, USC, UCLA, a bunch of the southern schools do. But I know Oregon added it here a couple years ago. That's okay. A- Very rarely would I give kudos to Oregon, but kudos to Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. All right. So Mary-Kate Marshall finished with 20 kills and 11 digs Thursday night, but the Oregon State volleyball team dropped a three-set match to number 24 Oregon 
at Matthew Knight Arena. Then Mary-Kate Marshall finished with a match-high 13 kills in the Oregon State volleyball team's three-set loss to number 11, Stanford, in front of 1,641 fans Friday night at Gill Coliseum. So the Beavs are now 7-6 overall, 0-2 to start out the Pac-12 play, and are back in action this week when visiting the Arizona schools. So uh, that, that uh, event at Matthew Knight Arena, are they selling that place out to help cover the uh, the mortgage on it, or is the uh, the Knight uh, Legacy Fund still getting depleted? Yeah, I think that's still getting depleted, Beach. Now the Beavs okay. are 7-6. and six, or uh, So uh, Oregon State opens against Arizona Friday in a match that starts at 8 and then OSU visits Arizona State Sunday, October 2nd at 11. Now, both those matches will be available on the Pac-12 network. So, that's always good. Next up, do they do, beach, do, do they do beach volleyball on the Pac-12 network? Yeah, they play it in the spring. Okay. So Going to have to set my DVR. There you go. All right. Next up, beach, women's soccer. The Oregon State women's soccer team opened Pac-12 action against number 20 Cal, falling 3 to nothing to the Golden Bears in Berkeley. With that, the Beavs are 5-3-2 overall, 0-1 in the Pac-12, and continue Pac-12 conference play at Paul Lorenz Field next weekend with a pair of ranked opponents. OSU welcomes number 11 UCLA on Thursday for a 7 p.m. match before playing number 10 USC on Sunday at 1. All right. So on to men's soccer. The Oregon State men's soccer team concluded its non-conference schedule on Thursday with a 1-0 loss to UC Irvine on Beavers' back-to-school day at Lorenz Field. Now, with that, more than 300 students from Linus Pauling Middle School in Corvallis attended the game, which was also televised by the Pac-12 networks. Now, the Beavers played a man down for the final 37 and a half minutes after sophomore Davis Cimento was red-carded at 52-30 in the match. The Anteaters scored the only goal of the game shortly thereafter. The Beavs are now 4-3-2 and in open Pac-12 conference play at San Diego State at 7 p.m. Uh, this Friday. Their next home game is October 6th against Cal. All righty. They, so they had 300 people uh, or 300 uh, middle school students show up to the game. Yeah. So with the 300 students, there was, what, 312 people in attendance? Uh, you say that, but they had like uh, 600 people there for a game last week. Uh, okay. I'm just giving them a hard time because, well, it's soccer. There you go. All right, Beach. This one goes out to listener Greg. We're going to talk about some women's swimming. Almost as good as beach volleyball. There you go. The Oregon State women's swimming held its annual orange and black scrimmage uh, Saturday morning at the Osborne Aquatic Center with the Team Orange taking the overall title. Now, it was a tight battle after black team came back in the last individual event with the top two finishers in the 200 Individual medley by seniors says, oh, I'm going to screw this up, Cesarina Ayletta and Chelsea Chan. Now, the 400 free relay would be the deciding factor for the champion. It was a tight race between the two teams, with Team Orange out-touching the black by only .4 seconds for the win. Now, the Beavs open the season on Friday the 30th at Salt Lake City against BYU and Utah. Usually they don't let me touch. All right, Beans, let's talk some women's basketball. Uh, you said out touching the black. I'm like, that's, yeah. The Oregon State women's <laughs> basketball team will make 17 regular season TV appearances, the team announced last Thursday. The Beavs also released their Pac-12 conference schedule, marking the 26th 
27 slate complete. Now, Oregon State's TV season. How, how, how about the 2016-2017 slate? What did I say? 06, 07? 26, 27. I don't know. You're like, <laughs> what the hell are you smoking? Are you that close to Eugene? Uh, or is it crazy. starting to catch up to you? Yeah. Hey, um, so so we got we got uh, 17 home games for the girls basketball. No, that... 17 oh, TV so... appearances. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, are we going to go to some of the games this year? Yeah, we can. I totally want to go to a couple more games. I, I like going to the girls' games. Now, the Oregon State's TV season is highlighted by an ESPNU appearance on January 29th when the Beavs host Oregon in the Civil War. Now, OSU was featured on ESPN2's Big Monday last year, notching a 67-44 to win over Arizona State at Gill Coliseum. Cool. Yeah. Now, men's basketball also announced their uh, season lineup. A minimum of 30 Oregon State men's basketball regular season games will be televised during the 2016-17 season, the Pac-12 conference announced last Thursday. The schedule includes 19 games on Pac-12 Network, 8 on the ESPN Family Networks, and 3 on Fox Sports 1. A non-conference road game at Charlotte is the lone contest that hasn't been selected yet by a television network. So Probably not going to Charlotte because I favor they get a shot. Yeah, Who knows? Who knows? All right, Beach. Uh, last up, we have a little bit of football news. Okay, what's coming up from football? Uh, the next home game, not this weekend, but next weekend against Cal, kickoff has been announced. Okay, time? 6 p.m. We got a 6 o'clock game? Yep. So that means we have a 12-hour tailgater. Well, no, 11, 11. Strike that, 10-hour tailgater. 10, 10 yeah. 10-hour tailgater. I can't do the math here on the program. Sorry about that. Correct. 10-hour tailgater. Yes. Now, also two beads. The Beavs play Cal at Research Stadium that day, but going down at the other stadium known, named for a Beaver alum, Autzen Stadium, the Huskies will be traveling down there to play Oregon at a 4.30 kickoff. So that means for we're going to watch the first hour or so of the, uh, of the, uh, be, of the Doug game. Correct. All right, which means everybody needs to get there early, mm -hmm. and it means we're going to have a long sausage fest. That is true. The 2017 a long sausage fest. It's 2016, but that's okay, Beach. Okay. We still can't. Again, I don't do the math here on the thing. Okay. Oh, You're hey. You're on 26, 27. Hey. Hey. What? Is, is that your tail type of here going? Here, hold on, hold on. Oh, 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 Billy. Yes. Billy, are you there? I'm here. This just in. StubHub has just blocked all future postings for Oregon Duck tickets for Autzen Stadium. It seems late Saturday afternoon, a flood of postings for season tickets for the University of Oregon home games came in at breakneck speed. The excessive amount of tickets and lack of purchases or offers has made StubHub close all future duck listings. Scott Cutler, CEO of StubHub, stated, We have never had this happen before. We have never had almost a complete stadium listed on StubHub. Then again, we have never not been able to give away seats either. Oregon Athletic Director Rob Mullins tweeted out, Please check out StubHub. Duck tickets are a great value, and you can decide if you should go for one or two. 
<laughs> wow. Nice, Beach. Nice. Wait, we're not we're not there yet, but I don't know if you noticed, but the Ducks uh, kicked it every time, I believe, last weekend. Yeah. You, you, you picked that one up there, really, did you? Yeah, did you pick good. what I was going? Did you pick up what I was laying down? I picked up what you were throwing down. Oh. <laughs> that was a good one, Beach. That was a good one. They, they should know we think. Why are we always going for two? Why are we always going? Why are we going for one? Why are we going for one? armchair quarterback and sons of bitches <laughs> all right <laughs> all right bees well with that let's go under further review for week number 12 uh, week number four in the pack 12 after further review the runner did cross the line at the touchdown all right beach so i've got yeah. in my hot little hand here heading into this week you were at 25 out of 33 and kyle I hate you, Kyle. Kyle and I were tied with 24 out of 33. Looks like we can I can, can I maintain the lead? Looks like we had six games that we picked this week. Six pack, 12 games. First up, Beach was Friday night, USC at number 24, Utah. Who'd you take? I picked the Utes of Utah. That you did. We all three did. And. Utah quarterback Troy Williams threw for 270 yards and two touchdowns and ran for another score in number 24 Utah's 31-27 comeback victory over USC. The Utes roared back in spectacular fashion with Tim Patrick catching an 18-yard TD pass at the pylon with 16 seconds remaining to cap a 15-play 93-yard drive. Patrick had his third 100-yard receiving game of the season. Now the Trojans controlled most of the game and had a 27-17 fourth-quarter lead, but Utah scored 14 straight points. Coach Clay Helton decided to punt on 4th and 3 from the Utah 37-yard line on the possession before the winning drive. USC fell to 1-3 and three for the first time since 2001. I, I bet you they're saying, Where, where's Ogeron? Where's Ogeron? Possibly. Now, it's funny <laughs> because 2001 was Pete Carroll's first season, and mm. they started 1-3 and three, but ended up going to a bowl game that year. And then they really got things rolling the next season. After that. Yep. What, uh, where did Pete Carroll come from? Well, he'd, he'd had a couple of uh, gigs in the in the uh, NFL. Okay. He'd coached uh, New England for a couple of years, and then he'd coached the Jets. Was he head coach or, or yeah. like yeah. offensive? Yeah, head coach. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So. All right, Beach. Uh, all got the point there. Next up, all the games run Saturday. First up. Colorado at Oregon. I feel like a fool because I took Oregon. So did I. Kyle didn't, though. No, he did not. Kyle. Colorado backup quarterback Steven Montez threw for 333 yards and three TDs in his first career start, and Colorado held off Oregon 41-38 on Saturday. The Buffaloes' first victory over the deck since joining the Pac-12 in 2011. Now, Akello Witherspoon intercepted Dakota Prukup's pass to Darren Carrington in the end zone on Oregon's final drive to reserve the win for Colorado. The Buffaloes had retaken the lead following a controversial 31-yard touchdown from Montez to Bryce Bobo. After review, the officials ruled Bobo had control of the ball in his right hand when his right foot came down in the end zone, but the crowd at Autzen Stadium booed in disagreement. The Buffaloes led from the start and went up 33-17 following Montez's 48-yard TD pass to Devin Ross to open the second half. 
how can you not love a receiver named Bobo? I know. Now, I did you? I don't know, Beach. Have Have you seen that that play? Uh, we watched it. They kept replaying it over and over uh, during the game on TV. We were, we were sitting out there. You had to go to work, but we were all sitting out there at the tailgate. And oh, that's right. Yeah. The tent, watching it out there. What did you think of so, it? Eating pig. It was pretty good. Um, you know. It looked like when a touchdown first, to me. What, when, when I, I first, first watched it, it, when I first when watched it. When I first it, saw it, I thought he doesn't. You, you know, I guess what you think of, the toughest thing you got to separate your mind on is you want to think that it takes two hands to catch a ball. Correct. But it doesn't. It only takes one. Correct. And he did have control of it in his hand. I just, he only had one hand on it. So it's just hard to kind of grasp the idea that he's grasping the ball. You know? Correct. So, but, uh, you know, they reviewed it and they didn't just say, it it was uh, it stood. They said it was confirmed. Correct. I I I watched it. Uh, I saw the replay um, while I was at work, and uh, it when you watch it at regular speed, game game speed, it doesn't look like a catch. But then when you look at the review, and you're like, no, he catches the ball. He only uses one hand. You're correct. But that ball gets in there, sticks, does not move. He takes about two steps and crosses it across the goal line and lands in the end zone. And then the ball pops out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a touchdown. Yeah, once it doesn't matter. Once it's a touchdown, it's a touchdown. Yeah. So, so no, it was. I'll tell you, it was one hell of an intense game. I mean, we were having a good time out there, and uh, you never got any pig. But I'll tell you, uh, Randy makes darn good. I mean, it was a hundred pounds of pork there. Yeah. So at least the pig was a hundred pounds. I don't know what was left afterwards or what was all in meat, but uh, it was darn good. Too bad you couldn't come by. Yeah, well, I, I did. I could have later, but, you know, work calls. All right, Beach, yeah. next up was a number seven Stanford at UCLA. Dude, I blew this week because I picked Stanford on this one. Um, actually, we all took Stanford, and that's good because J.J. I thought, what? I thought I thought they lost. No. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside caught an eight-yard touchdown pass from Ryan Burns with 24 seconds to play, and number seven Stanford rallied for its ninth consecutive victory over the Bruins, 32 or excuse me, 22 to 13, on Saturday night. Now Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey rushed for 138 yards for the Cardinal, but they struggled on offense for three and a half quarters. Stanford got the ball back with 2:05 left and coolly put together a 70-yard drive capped by Burns' fade to Arcega-Whiteside, who got one foot in bounds in an acrobatic play. Then Solomon Thomas then returned Josh Rosen's fumble 42 yards for a touchdown in the game's final play, punctuating the heartbreak for a lively Rose Bowl crowd. Even with the TD, Stanford had its lowest scoring performance since the 2015 season opener. Wow. See, somebody told me that uh, UCLA won, but they must have been not have cut the, caught the last uh, 24 seconds. Yep. 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 Wow. Okay. Well, then, whoo, good recovery. Okay. Yeah. All right, Beach. Next up was... Number nine, Washington at Arizona. Uh, took uh, the Huskies on this one. All three of us did. Washington quarterback Jake Browning hit Dante Pettis on a four-yard touchdown in overtime, and number nine, Washington, overcame a slew of missed opportunities to hold off Arizona 35-28 to Saturday night in both teams' Pac-12 opener. Now, despite the Wildcats being down to their fourth-string quarterback, Washington had a hard time shaking them, plagued by missed chances on Arizona's side of the field. Did I say fourth-string quarterback? It should have been fourth-string running back. Sorry about that. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. The Huskies failed on fourth and one in the third quarter, and Cameron Van Winkle missed his second field of the game in the fourth from 40 yards to allow the Wildcats to hang around. Now, LeVon Coleman did his part, 
running for 181 yards and a 55-yard touchdown while Browning was mostly limited to short throws underneath. Now, Browning hit a few big passes in the second half and found Pettis, who made a tough grab on the first possession of overtime. Washington's defense was unable to contain Arizona quarterback Brandon Dawkins most of the night, but came through when it needed to, forcing a turnover on downs in overtime to eke out the victory. Wow. So we all got lot, there. You know, a lot of freaking close games this week. Oh, they were fun games to watch, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you're you're looking, you know, we're talking last minutes of the game and we're having major point swings. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's, I mean, no. I hope, I hope nobody's leaving the games early because it certainly sounds like you should be in your seats. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah. Had a good time watching the ends of them. Next up, beats Cal at Arizona State. Uh, I jumped on the Arizona State bandwagon on this one. All three of us did. Uh, the Sun Devils picked off. Cal quarterback Davis Webb twice in three minutes, and DJ Calhoun returned a Cal onside kick attempt 48 or excuse me 42 yards with 48 seconds to play in a 51 to 41 victory over the Cal Bears in the Pac-12 opener for both teams on Saturday. Now Leo Mokiloa, Moikiola, Moikiola, there you go. Returned the second interception, 28 yards for a touchdown to put the Sun Devils ahead, 44 to 34 with 2:52 remaining. Now Webb's fifth touchdown pass of the night, 26 yards to Demetrius Robertson, cut the lead to 44-41 with 54 seconds to play. But Calhoun grabbed the onside kick try and ran untouched to the end zone. Manny Wilkins completed 21 of 30 passes for 290 yards and a touchdown for Arizona State, and ran 23 times for 72 yards and three scores. He grabbed the onside kick try and ran it untouched. So evidently they grabbed it, ran straight down the middle. Yeah. Wow, just blew right through him, huh? Yep. How embarrassing. Yep. All right, Beach. So we all got the one there. And the last game of the week, Boise State at Oregon State. Pretty sure I took the beeves on this one, Billy. Yeah, you did. We all did. Now Boise State running back Jeremy McNichols ran for 208 yards and scored four first half touchdowns and leading the Broncos over the Beavs. 20 or excuse me 38 to 24 both teams scored on their opening drive as oregon state tied the game at seven on a 14 yard run by ryan Nall. but the broncos ran over the beeves from there holding osu to 41 yards on its final six first half drives while scoring 24 consecutive points to take a 31 to 7 halftime lead now daryl uh garrett's an osu quarterback was 11 of 16 for 53 yards but was benched after a half in favor of connor blunt a true freshman walk-on from Wisconsin, he gave the Beavs a spark as Oregon State scored 10 third-quarter points to cut the deficit to 31-17. to Now, Darren Lee's 19-yard fumble return for a touchdown by Boise State offset a 99-yard kickoff return by OSU's Victor Bolden during the fourth quarter. So, Beach, the first half of that game was pretty much a great big steaming pile of crap. Yes, it was. I mean, you could smell it. I just thought the team looked like they'd given up. Mm-hmm. Um, they just looked horrible. They just looked like they didn't really much care. Um, I was pretty disgusted at halftime. Now, they came out in the second half, brought that true freshman walk-on quarterback in, kind of gave him a spark. They drove down the field, scored, scored a touchdown. I, I then, didn't even know he was a walk-on. Yeah. Then the very next thing they did was onside kick it by Adley Rutschman, perfect onside kick, recovered by Adley Rutschman. Took that, went down, kicked a field goal, and it cut it to den. And really, they held Boise State to just 10 yards total in the third quarter. And Boise State didn't get their first um, first down in the second half until about six minutes to go in the game. After they'd, they'd 
put up 20 first downs so, in the first, first I mean, half. The, the, de- the defense, I mean, outside of the uh, the one score, the defense seemed to be doing a fairly decent job. In offense. the second half, but the, the, score yeah. in the, the only score in the second half was a fumble return for a touchdown. So the defense didn't give up any points in the second half. Mm-hmm. So what uh, on uh, on this Connor Blunt? What uh, I don't mean to sound stupid, but usually I do. Why not the second string or third string? Why do we drop all the way down to the fourth string and put him out there? I I'm not quite sure why, Beach. I don't know. Now Anderson has said there's no quarterback controversy. He was saying that Garrettson actually had a hurt leg or something, mm-hmm. and had been hurt and it just wasn't effective, so they brought in Connor. Um, hasn't really said why. He said there's no quarterback controversy, nothing like that, but it's interesting. Yeah. Why he would uh, jump ahead of a couple other people. Uh-huh. I mean, didn't you say they, the, the media was even struggling to find who he was? Oh, yeah. I was listening to Parker on the radio, and he had to keep uh, – He they were trying to get whatever information they could on him. They didn't, they didn't know. Yeah. We think he's from Wisconsin. We're not sure. Okay. Well, what are we up to next, Billy? All right, Beans, that does it for the week. So, so what's, the point, what's the point total? It looks like you and I both went five of six. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle went six of six. So where does that put us? So. 31, 31, and 30? No. Oh. You, 30, and, 30. you, you and Kyle are tied with 30 out of 39. Okay. I am 29 out of 39. Okay. So what you're saying is you're the first loser. Ain't over yet, Beach. No. Ain't over yet. Yeah. Just get used to it. All right, Beach. So the polls came out. Uh, Pac-12 is represented a little bit in them. In the AP poll, Stanford's in at number seven. Washington fell a spot to number 10. Utah moved up to number 18. And Arizona State, Colorado, and UCLA are in the others receiving votes category. Colorado getting getting votes. Wow. Didn't we talk about creating our own poll someday? I did. I mentioned it. I yeah. thought we'd have a poll. Yeah, but there shouldn't be any spinning around it like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, in the USA Today coaches poll, Stanford's in at 6, Washington at 9, Utah at 18, and Arizona State, UCLA, and Colorado again in the others receiving votes category. Oh, way to go, Colorado. Everybody, I think, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not downplaying Colorado's victory. Did a great job. Mm-hmm. but I'm really just not thinking Oregon is all that good. I was talking to a, a friend of mine tonight, and he's a Duck fan, and he said, I'm thinking the Ducks are going to be lucky to be bowl eligible this year. It very well could be. It very yeah. well could be. They're going to have a damn hard time with Washington in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, all Washington's just got to be licking their chops for that game. Oh, I think – well, they haven't won in several, several years. Oh, it's been they? like a That's decade. Been... It's been like yeah. a decade. Especially at Otson. Yeah, they smell blood in the water, baby. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be eating hot dogs. We're going to be eating sausages. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. It's now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, Link to express a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And we had several this week we could have gone with. But there's just one that I had to pick up because I just it's kind of an epidemic in college football, really, but a lot of sports. And that is the, the uh, administration at 
LSU, Louisiana State University. Now, LSU fired head football coach Les Miles and offensive coordinator Cam Cameron on Sunday and promoted defensive line coach Ed Orgeron to interim head coach. Now, Miles' firing came one day after LSU lost 18-13 at Auburn when referees overruled what had appeared to be a game-winning touchdown. Replays showed that LSU did not start the final play before the game clock hit zero. Now, Vice Chancellor and Director of Athletics Joel Vela said in a statement Sunday night, quote, decisions like this are never easy to make. Coach Miles has done a tremendous job here, and he's been a great ambassador for our, univer- excuse me, for our university, which makes this even more difficult. However, it's apparent in evaluating the program through the first month of the season that a change has to be made. Our commitment to excellence and competing at the highest level is unwavering, and our goals for the remainder of this season haven't changed. We have an obligation to our student-athletes to put them in the best position to have success on the football field each week, and we have great confidence that Coach Ogeron will do just that. Now, Miles was expected to contend for a national championship with a veteran-laden team this season, but a 2-2 start was was enough to bring about the end of his career there. Now, Miles posted a 75-18 and record in his first seven season at LSU, a stretch that included three SEC West titles, two SEC titles, a BCS championship, and an appearance in another title game. So even though he, he has won 70-some-odd percent of his games at LSU, they fired him. Wow. Yep. You know, I, I guess what I never understand is every team wants to win. Yep. And half of them lose every week. Unlike soccer, half of them lose every week. Correct. And the 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 fact that you can sustain, you know, the the fact that you can win 70 odd some percent of your games mm-hmm. is fantastic. And some years are going to be better, some years you're not going to be as good. But damn it, if you're hitting the the if you're hitting in the 70s, I why would you fire him? Mhm. I mean, my God, if we had an Oregon uh, Oregon State coach that could get 75 and, and 18, I think we'd uh, we'd probably cast him in bronze and put him out well, in front of the stadium. People, and it's this probably shouldn't just go to the uh, administration. There should probably go to the the fan base because the boosters. Yeah, what? what you, a, I mean, I I can't believe they would put such pressure. Oh my God, he's he's jumped the shark. Well, you know, you know part of it is <clears throat> part of it is their biggest rival is Alabama, right next door. And Alabama has been a juggernaut for the last seven years, ever since Nick Saban got there. And Nick Saban, Nick Saban is a legend of a coach. He is amazing. And I don't know. I just think people have unrealistic expectations. They want to win every freaking game. Well, so does that other team across the way. Exactly. You know, and sometimes they just have. Well, I guess what are you trying to compensate for if you have to win every game? You know, what what shortcomings do you have to live? In, what shortcomings do you have in your life that all you live for is uh, is uh, Saturday football? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's got to be a little bit deeper than that, and you know, find a better hobby if this is what if this is all you got in life. I want you know, me. I want every team to be good. I want my team to be better, and I want to see some good damn football. And I hope oh. the Beavs win, but I want to yeah. see some good competitive games. Yeah, and like I said, I we we didn't play well last week, but you know what? I totally enjoyed that third and fourth quarter. Oh, I thought the I Beavs mean, played great. The, yeah, I mean, but but the third and fourth quarter, we we did fantastic. Yeah. And you look at what the other games were this last week, and or, 
I mean, you got close games, competitive games. They're not blowouts. They're 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 you know on the edge of your seat to the last couple of seconds. How, I mean, that that's getting your money's worth right there. Completely agree. Win lose or win lose or draw. I mean, you're in it. You're screaming. You're yelling. You're going to come back hoarse. You know, that's a good game when you can't be hurt the next day or two after the game. Completely agree. So, so anyways. So but for Orgeron, the, he keeps getting up, and they'll probably well at least he's in Louisiana now, so they can understand him better, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, that makes my wife happy. She liked him. Oh, she loves him. When my voice gets all messed up, she starts calling me the Cajun King. Because it starts, yeah. Because I kind of start. Rah, 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 rah. She's like, "Oh, it's the Cajun King, Coach Orgeron. How you doing?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, come quiet, leave me alone. I, I've lost my voice." You know. She just laughs. She thinks that's hilarious. She loves that guy. So for the LSU administration and the unrealistic fan base, this week's Jackass of the Week Award. (laughs) Is for you. So there we go, Beach. All right. What what are we up to next on on the outline? It is now time for the musical interlude. Okay. And uh, like Dano said, I think we're going to do a little DC sound attack by the band Clutch. Have you ever heard of Clutch? I've never heard of Clutch. Never heard of Clutch? I don't think so. I can can drive an 18-speed, but I've never heard of the band Clutch. Well, they're a band out of uh, Maryland. They met in high school in Germantown, Maryland, and uh, mm-hmm. they formed in 1991. Okay. Um, they've released 11 studio albums and several rarities and live albums. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally they were called Glut Trip. And uh, anyways, I this is a song that I heard on the on Ozzy's Boneyard on oh, really? on XM Radio, yeah. And uh, went out and bought the whole album. Really, really like the album. It's great. And this song right now that we're listening to is called DC Sound Attack. So here is Clutch with DC Sound Attack.
All right, B, so before we recorded today, I had you listen to that song because I don't think you'd heard it, but you liked it. I did. I thought it was kind of rocking. I thought it was kind of wailing. Like I said, if you have a chance, listen to that whole album. Okay, I will. It's really, really good. It's called Earth Rocker. Okay. Earth Rocker. Earth Rocker by Clutch. Okay. Because there's a little, it's kind of, it's kind of skinnerty. It's kind of got some boogie woogie feel to it to me. Mm-hmm. It's just got some good hard rock feel to it. it. There's a lot going on. I think it's great. I think it's great. All right. All right, B, it's time to look at week number five in the Pac-12. All righty. Let's do this. All right. Let me pull up Kyle's email here. There we go. Okay, Beach, we have one game on Friday night. Ooh, and it's a doozy. Number seven, Stanford at number 10, Washington. I'm going to take the Huskies on this one. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, Kyle emailed us, and he said, I'm disappointed in the lack of listener feedback from your fans. Well, Kyle, we had listener Dano with some feedback tonight, so your prayers were answered. Kyle goes on, Stanford at Washington. Huskies beat a spotty Stanford with poor officiating that can be expected, and everyone is all New Year's Day Bowl, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, think, I think we've got a, a a theme going on here. I, too, am taking UW. I think if it was at Stanford, I would probably give the edge to Stanford, but I'm going to take UW at home. Okay, Beach. up next, all the other games are Saturday, October 1st. First up, Utah. Or excuse, first up, Oregon at Washington State. Ooh. Um, I think I'm – hmm. Did Washington State play last week? They were – they had a bye, didn't they? Yes. Okay. I'm going to give this to Washington State. I don't think Oregon's defense can keep up with that aerial attack. And I think they are going to treat Oregon like the red-headed stepchild itch bay they are. Yeah, I, I too am going to take Wazoo. I just think they're going to throw for a bazillion yards against yeah, them. Yeah, I, I just I don't think Oregon can keep up. Oh. Now yeah. Kyle says uh, Oregon uh, at Wazoo. Let the plucking continue. Wazoo wins. So we're all taking Wazoo in that one. All right, up next, Beach number eighteen, Utah at Cal. Hmm. <laughs> Utah Utes versus the uh, Cal Bears. The engines eat bears, don't they? Let's go with Utah. All right, Beach. Uh, Kyle says Utah Cal three pick sixes and Utes win by three. I think I think I too am gonna take Utah. I'm not very impressed with Utah's offense, but I think their defense is gonna be too much for Cal. Yeah. I'm not that impressed with Cal. Okay, next up, Arizona State at USC. Hmm. Ha, 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 ha. I'm thinking USC is going to see a turnaround this week. I think they might actually be able to win one. Okay. I think it's going to be close. I, I think it's going to be uh, – uh, I think it's, uh, it's going to be by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, I just don't think Arizona State's that great. Um, Kyle, so I'm taking USC. Uh, Kyle says Arizona State at USC. USC wins. Coaches head back to their office and celebrate with a cold be- soda and candy bars. <laughs> soda and candy bars. That's what they celebrate with. Snickers, you're just not yourself. 
There you go. Need a Snickers. All right. Uh, next up, Arizona at UCLA. I'm going to take UCLA on this one. Not that I don't like to bear down once in a while, but uh, again, if it was at home, I think I would take you. I would take Arizona, but uh, I'm going to go with UCLA since it's at the Rose Bowl. Kyle says Rosen, Mora, and UCLA will be the comeback team of the season. UCLA. Ooh. So Kyle's expecting big things. Wow, Kyle, that's awfully uh, presumptuous of you. Yeah, it sounds like it. Let's see how that holds up. We gotta remember to give Kyle crap next uh, next week. Yep. So Kyle, how'd your UCLA how's your UCLA team gonna do this week? There you go. All right, Beach, last game, Oregon State at Colorado. Oh, Colorado's coming off of a major victory. They're gonna be partaken. And they're they're gonna be fat there's gonna be like orange stuff all around their mouths and on their hands and probably on their cups and they're just going to be feeling too good and they're going to fail. Okay. So you're taking the beeves. I too, am taking the beeves. Kyle says Oregon state at Colorado got my ticket. Glad I will see them finally get a pack 12 win. So I take it. He's taking Oregon state too. So we uh, haven't not, I mean, we are going to, we are going to take the Rose bowl this year because all the other teams suck. Okay. And if anyone has a tailgater that Kyle can attend on Saturday, let us know. We'll get word to him. And if you are at a tailgater, then you got to send us a text and let us know where you're at so we can put you in the map. True. Totally, 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 totally. There you go. All right, Beach, so we got those all lined up there. Kind of jealous of Kyle. Not not usually jealous of Kyle. Yeah. You, you, usually I'm sad for Kyle, and I go to church and light candles for him, and so now I'm a little jealous this week. All right, that's all I got. All right, Beach. What do we got next? Our, our final segment of the day tonight will be Beach's Cheaters and Whores. She's just a girl. She's a whore. She's a whore. Did I ever do anything on the Konami code? No, you did not. You know, that's what we should talk about. Okay. So, because that's, that's like the first real cheat. Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, start? Yeah. So, I just, yes. Into, yes, yes, I still remember correct. it. Yes. So, when, when Billy and I were growing up, there was, and I don't know how in the hell we found it, because back then the internet didn't exist, so anything yeah. you have Al Gore hadn't, was like... Al Gore hadn't created it yet. Exactly. So, you actually had to communicate with your voice, and it was really boring, but... Anyway, because um, I don't remember where you and I found out about it, but I believe the first game we used it on was Contra. Yep, that that's sound- exactly what I was thinking. Okay, so the the history is the code was first used in the 1986 release of Gradius for the NES. This is called the Konami code. And it was popularized among North American players in the NES version of Contra, for which it was also dubbed both the Contra Code and 30 Lives Code. Yeah. So now Konami was a video game publisher. Yes. They, they made uh, they made games for the Nintendo Entertainment yeah. System. Yeah. Yeah. So the Konami Code was created by Kazuhisa Hashimoto. 
who was developing the home port of the 1985 arcade game Gradius, a scrolling shooter released on the NES in 1986. Finding the game too difficult to play through during testing, he created a cheat code to give the player a full set of power-ups normally attained gradually through the game. The code was still present in the released Gradius after Hashimoto forgot to remove it. Players discovered and shared the code via word of mouth. I'm like living this thing. Mm-hmm. So the Konami code was thus included in a series of other sequels and spin-offs with some key differences. In the Super NES version of Gradius 3, the original code destroys the player's ship. However, replacing left and right with the L and the R triggers of the Super NES controller powers up the ship. In the most recent iteration of the series, Gradius Rebirth, on the Wii, can you believe this? It's still floating around since the Wii. Wow. The Wii's remotes 1 and 2 buttons fill in for the A and B, respectfully. The code has been subsequently reused in a large number of other games, and a varied version of the code is now used in the Opera browser to activate hidden advanced settings. So, yeah, we always did up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Um, and that's how you survived Contra and had a hell of a game. Because mm-hmm. back in those days, you know, it always bugs me. These these kids nowadays play their video games. And it's like, hey, mom, I can't stop. I'm in a good spot. It's like you have pause. You have pause. Okay. They have they have stops. You know, they have they have oh. uh, uh, I mean, saves all over the place. I mean, Legend of Zelda was like groundbreaking when it came out because you could actually get to a level and then get back to that level. Yeah. Right. And I don't think anything before uh, Legend of Zelda ever let you actually achieve a level, turn the game off, and go back to it and start at that level again. Wasn't that the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legend of Zelda, huge. I, I still have – maybe that will be my song for next week will be the Legend of Zelda theme song. Jeez. The boys would love that. <laughs> so anyway, greatest cheat in history, uh, Kazuhisu Hashimoto. The Konami he's, cheat. He's my boy. Hey. You're my boy, Lou. You're my boy. Something cheaters and horrors, but that was really more of a funny cheaters. Yeah, it was a cheat, but it's a good cheat. There you go. To- totally legitimate cheat. All right, Beat, anything else to add tonight? Uh, I, you know, um, if you haven't registered to vote yet, please register to vote. Uh, very important to have your voice heard, no matter whether you're left, right, or center field in the political spectrum. Um. And uh, if you tend to fall on the left of center, please only vote once. Very important. Not allowed two votes. If you're dead, don't vote either. Very important. There you go. I want to thank everybody for listening to show number 79 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, ask a question, or just get in touch with us, you can email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgator. And also just search Heinrich Tailgator on Facebook. Remember, you can listen to subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music. Please leave a review. And remember, you can also listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. Beach. Billy. It's been fun. Next week, show number 80. Wow. I know. Are we going to have cake? Are we going to have cake? Probably not. Probably not. But I can have some more of these little crunchy cheese things to eat. Yeah, thank, thanks, but I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, maybe I will order cake and I'll just have it over on my end. Fine. I'm going to have two cakes. I have... You don't even like cake. Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't like pie. Oh, okay, it's pie. I don't like pie. I love cake. All right. This is, but that's my pie. All right. Okay, Ogre.
All right. Uh, let's hope the Beeves get a big win at Colorado this week. We'll finish it off with a great big Go Beeves. You're a doof. Do you realize how much pop culture crap we throw out there in our conversations? Constantly. It's nuts. Uh, it says here there's a Google Easter egg if uh, you use the Konami code on Facebook. Uh, well, it says Google Easter eggs. Um, it says Konami code triggers Easter egg on Facebook, too. Hmm. Huh. Nice. Konami code makes ESPN.com magical. What does that mean? I don't know. How can, you do, how can you do it on ESPN? Sports, sports fans with a taste for glittery unicorns should run, not walk to ESPN.com and remember their Konami code because it appears that some soon-to-be possibly unemployed web designers having a laugh as a couple of unicorn-loving tipsters with a thirst for sporting news have informed us inputting the infamous Konami cheat code up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, enter will infest the official ESPN website with mystical ponies and they'll keep spawning if you keep clicking. So what do you got to do? Uh, what do you got to do? Uh, uh, it says here, uh, just go, uh, uh, it says just go to the website and uh -huh. do up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start will infest the official ESPN website with mystical ponies, and they'll keep spawning if you keep clicking. Not only do you keep, do you get an eyeful of unicorn and rainbow, you'll also get a heaping help of comic sans, and every story will become cute, magical, or sparkly, thanks to Ken and Chrono X2 for the mystical tip. Update. Looks like ESPN.com has removed the uh, Cornify code. Oh. And the majority of its website, it was glorious while it lasted. It's all different, pretty unicorns and rainbows. That's funny. And they're glittery. Yeah. Let me go to YouTube see if I can see it. Oh, here we go. There is a. Uh, here you go. Let's see what it says. Can you hear it? 
paper to yeah, I or Kotaku. So if you enter it, you get unicorns come up, and when you keep clicking, you get like more. So let's try it. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B, A, enter. Oh my God! Oh. Unicorns popping up. Oh my god, he's like clicking a bit, more unicorns popping up. Oh my god! Rainbows! Sunshines! More unicorns! Oh my god, they're all everywhere! <laughs> Things are becoming sparkly. It is, are you watching it? No, no, I'm not watching it, I'm just, I saw the picture. Holy cow, that's hilarious. That's what I always think is funny, right? What? Like, who what? the hell figures this out? That's what I wonder. Do people just sit there and go, hey, I wonder if the Konami code works on ESPN? Yeah. Or does the person who do it just kind of subtly mention it, and then it's kind of like a virus? It just, it's like, you know, it just kind of goes in one person, the next person, the next person. To me, it's like the, the dot on uh, Adventure. Well, and that's what it was saying here. I was just reading this one. It says if you're writing a book on the evolution of video games, you need to devote at least one chapter to the various incarnations of Adventure, the cave-crawling action game that appeared on platforms ranging from the Atari 2600 to the PDP-10 to any IBM PC running MS-DOS 1.0 because the game came bundled with the operating system. Mm -hmm. Widely considered the first action-adventure game, Adventure or Colossal Cave Adventure, the original name of its earliest versions, also served to inaugurate or popularize a number of core video game elements we now take for granted, such as Easter eggs and cheat codes. Mm -hmm. Well, Crowther created the original adventure in 1975 while he was working at, uh, ARPANET developer, at an ARPANET developer. It was a text-based game that required players to type in specific commands when prompted. Crowther's Fortran-based version of the game has been lost in antiquity, but it proved popular enough with his fellow coders that they quickly ported and tweaked it to work with various other systems. Along the way, that porting developers inserted new, often humorous uses for the game's existing commands and magic words, including the still-in-use XYZZY and PLUGH. By some accounts, these novel command outcomes are among the earliest game Easter eggs and or cheat codes ever developed. However, the most blatant Easter egg in the version of Adventure belongs to the Atari 2600 edition. At the time, Atari programmers didn't receive credit for the games they developed, so quarter Warren Robinette inserted a graphic into the game that read, created by Warren Robinette. The image would only appear if the player removed an invisible pixel. It was the same color as the background to a specific location. All of these hidden nuances of Adventure may serve as anecdotes to modern Easter eggs and cheats, but they don't exactly bear a strong resemblance to the modern cheat codes. Perhaps the most famous modern cheat code is fondly remembered, Contra Code. For players of the popular game Contra, using the original Nintendo Entertainment System console, the famous up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start sequence gave them 30 lives, a surefire way to beat the game. The code proved so popular that developers incorporated it into more than 100 video games. Wow. Each providing, a, each providing a unique cheat. Yet, for all its notoriety, the Contra Code didn't originate with Contra. In fact, it previously appeared in another NES game developed by Konami. And then it says, what is the first uh, game to recognize the famous Contra code, which we already answered earlier. Greetings. So anyway, mm. yeah, yeah. Cool. So there right, you go. There's a lot more. All right. You're going to add this. Is this going to be the ending? Yeah, it's on right now. Cool. Okay. All righty. Well, we won't give people a uh, song tonight. So all right. <laughs> all right. All right. Let, I'll talk to you later. Let it reach. Bye. All right. Bye.